Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, <laughs> identity, <laughs> culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought, is semen a pasta sauce? Yakyoi <laughs> <laughs> semen. Wood. Wood. Fully woody. Tommy, you've done this I'm to yourself. So We're talking about Tommy's I'm again. I'm so disarmed. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm thinking about how I was going ready. to have a one-pot mastatoli tonight with broccolini <laughs> and red meat. And now I might have to change that. Well, I mean, there's so much nutritional content in yes. this. Yes, as I, I said also, before. I also feel like put some cracked pepper and Parmesan in there. Oh, and it's basically God. an Alfredo. It's a cacio e pepe. Yes. It, really, it, it yes. honestly depends on whose semen. Oh, because, because Organic grass-fed himbo semen. Some grass-fed <laughs> Himbo semen is actually delish. Bon appetit. Bon appetito. Uh, uh, but I, I sometimes if a guy is just not eating right, man. I'm sure mine tastes like well. battery There's acid. Actually, literally a whole Sex in the City episode about this. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. yes, yes, yes. Oh, so yeah. It's a really mm-hmm. good episode. I don't really taste semen, though. I just swallow it. Oh, you! For me, you, the ta- you get the taste whether you, you so want meanwhile, it. Meanwhile, Joe has like you know his like a wide, wide, uh, wide uh, wine glass, and he just a little swirl, yeah, yeah. swishes in the mouth. Mm, notes of lemon and asparagus. <laughs> I'm with, I'm with Joe one, on this, this one. This one has much terroir and horse manure. Mm, you can really taste the barrel on this one. <laughs> This one's Do I earthy. This is a, it's a 2012. It's a, not a, not the best it's vintage. A, a solidly wooden nutty aftertaste. Is this cinnamon I taste? Mm. Oh, Some chocolate. This was such a year, good year for your grapes. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I'm proud of that. I'm, I'm very proud of that. That was good. That, that, was, that, was, that was good. It's, it's just different yeast down there year to year. You know friend. what? Oh my gosh. Again, Tommy, you did this yourself. I did, I did, I did, I did. Have you ever had cock pasta? Like, like bachelorette? Uh, I've never, yes, I've never had. I have, that. I have. I was just thinking of like a bowl of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I've never heard of that porn, but I would watch. Wait, wait. Sorry, I wanna, I wanna go back to cock pasta, but I just have to say that the other day I was watching a porn because there was this guy. There's this model that I, I'm like very into. Um, so I was like watching things that he was in, but one of them, he was in this 4th of July porn. That's the foreplay was them trying to play ping pong with their dicks. I'm successful. Okay. So did you see in the next scene where they finally hook up? There's a huge platter of hot dogs on the table, hot dogs on hot dogs in buns. Okay. And this guy is fully like, he's got, I think he might have clothes on. I can't remember, but he has his dick out in a hot dog bun on this platter of a real hot dogs Hate it. and this guy like eats th- his dick 
in a hot dog with ketchup and no, mustard no, on it. No, no, as, no, as a no, king. no. And, and what's amazing, no, is there's no. a, you know how like in porn, like some a third person walks in and goes like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Or they like hide. It. Yeah. It's like the kink is like that they're they Get almost caught, got caught. Yeah. So there's a third person that before they hook up that walks in, and this guy has his dick in a hot dog bun, <laughs> like so clearly has his dick. In a hot dog bun. And the third guy is like, oh, these hot dogs look great. And the two guys are like, we're going to get caught because his dick in his hot, is in a hot dog bun. But he'll never know. And he doesn't notice. <laughs> this is art. <laughs> this is this is performance, performance art. art. This is brilliant. Marina, no. uh, Marina, Marina Abramovich. <laughs> it's Marina Abramovich's <laughs> dick. Yeah, Marina Abramovich has nothing on. Like, honestly, she went to this this school of performance yes, art with yes, these two porn yes, actors. Yes, Anyways, back to cock pasta. So much. Back to, back wow. to, back to the bowl of dicks. Actually, let me just. I'm Tommy T. Indigenous American poet, screenwriter, TV writer. I'm too old for this bullshit. <laughs> I'm Joe Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, and I'd rather be a cyborg than a goddess. I'm Fran. I'm a. <laughs> no it's one not responds. A joke. It's, no, it's just dead air. It's, I mean, it's, is this a book thing? It's Donna, it's Donna Haraway, you assholes. It's a famous quote from Donna Haraway in her cyborg manifesto. I, it's a book, it was a book thing. What's amazing is that thing. I exactly knew the reference and chose to not acknowledge it. <laughs> I remember taking a test on the cyborg manifesto and I got it a plus <laughs> mama oh god uh, that was my favorite english teacher of college um i'm fran i'm a writer i'm an editor and i would eat a bowl of dicks <laughs> with ketchup if, and mustard not with ketchup and mustard but like maybe with a little parmesan <laughs> yeah a cacu pepe a cacu a pepe <laughs> We've been we've been doing this all day, folks. <laughs> my God. We've we've been in the studio for the day. Oh uh, yeah, all y'all don't know when um, we when we do batch records, which we don't always do. Um, yeah, the third or fourth episode we record is, is usually a, for a, a little off the rails. <laughs> just wait for tomorrow. We're com- completely off the rails. Hi, I'm Dan Michelle Norris. I'm a reader, writer, former figure skater, and I too have had a full bowl of cock pasta <laughs> covered in Velveeta. Oh, oh disgusting. No. Would do again. Uh, of I all love eating cheeses. Light. Of all cheeses. My Midwest is showing. Oh, there my is something gosh. delicious about this synthetic flavor of like there, Velveeta cheese. There is. There is. I don't know what is in Velveeta cheese. I Not cheese. Know. It's, it, no, we it's, know it's probably it's probably fucking vegan for all so we know. I, um, I lo- love watching cooking YouTube. And one of the things that a lot of these chefs on cooking YouTube are, argue is that American cheese and Velveeta is actually a really useful thing because it has emulsifies in her, mm. it, which gives it that like that stringiness so if you put like a slice of american and a bunch of cheddar on a grilled cheese you get that beautiful stringiness and the flavor comes from the cheddar i cook very little what but as we all know (laughs) i i am very into mac and cheese recipes and there's a lot of black folks who actually will use a little bit of elvita in their mac and cheese for exactly that reason so i've heard of this Mm -hmm. this conversation I will eat it with only Velveeta. Oh, babe. Oh, I, and, thought, I, thought, I thought you meant without and, any pasta. Just and, <laughs> a bowl of Velveeta. And won't hate it. I won't love it, oh but I won't God. hate it. Who's got the menu? I do, y'all. Today's episode is all about being the agid, the older generation. We decide first who's the Mr. Belding, and we end by taking y'all back to school. Take it away. Ooh. I'm feeling a little 
a little peckish. I think it's time we start the top of the show the way any good top should with our uproarious appetizer segment of Muse Boosh. And Joe, are you amusing? I do. So we're going to try something a little different. Let's see if this works. Basically, we're all kind of from the same generation, had a lot of the same TV shows and stuff growing up. So I'm going to list some of these TV shows. Dan is laughing at the expression I made. is literally offended. into the same generation. I can say anything. Your eyes said it all, baby. I said more or less of the same generation, except Fran, who's a child. I wasn't even going to look. And then we have to decide who on this podcast is which character from the show. And so I have in the doc all the different characters from the show in case you don't remember. The first up is Saved by the Bell. When you're rocking into school and you're rocking to the friend and you think you're gonna make it on time. We have to pay $40,000. Only nine more seconds of that and we are done. Who's who? The new one? or the No, old the old one? one. The original. Oh, I love well, the new I'm one. Mario Lopez, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> because I'm trying to get that it's, mullet. I was going to say, it's the mullet. It's well, the mullet. I, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. My mullet, she's a work in progress. But, I mean, I will I will say I'm probably Mario. Is it, Who's the slut? Uh, is it Mario? T- is it Tiffany? Uh, Kelly is the slut. No, Although she's no one's not. really a slut. No one's ever a slut. No one's really oh, a slut. Wait, who's Topanga? She seems slutty. Oh, Topanga was oh, that's Topanga in different Boy Meets World. Okay, yeah. I didn't watch she any of these. I didn't have cable. She wasn't slutty either. <laughs> growing up. Neither kids shows. Uh, Saved by the Bell. I mean, sorry, Mario Lopez in Saved by the Bell. A sexual awakening. Oh, hot. Period. One of the horniest things. But he's also a faggot. Oh yeah, in that in that show. Oh, him in the wrestling. Oh, oh my god, always in the singlet. Ooh. He oh. looks like a fag, dresses like a fag. He, also, he, he loves his appearance Kidding. like a fag. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. I really love that about him. Yes, yes. And yes, he really, yes, really yes. likes the tall girl. Yeah, Teebs, I feel like you're Lisa, vivacious, but like kind of shy, hard to get to know. But like everyone wants to know her. Okay, okay. I like a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Screech. Yeah. I'm either Jesse or Screech. I can't you're decide. Screech, girl. You're Screech. <laughs> I think you're Jesse. I could because oh. it's like the type A, like trying to get everything done, doing well, the you know all the clubs and all the A's and like stressed about everything, I'm protesting everything. Yes, totally. Very much like she was like the OG social justice warrior there's right. a nice That's moment right. on the new Saved by the bell actually um when she and, and slater have this moment and the and i think the either the finale or the penultimate episode where he's like you know back then you were the, out there by yourself mm-hmm. you were picketing and you you know like a high school uh shouldn't have a bathing suit competition he's like they shouldn't drill for that's, oil at the football stadium yes, yes. but back then oh, he episode. was like but back then you were the only one this generation is full of jesse oh yeah, that's, so that's a moment that's a moment that's a moment that's okay cute. next up the Power Rangers. Pink, red, green, yellow, black. This can get problematic really fast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I actually was looking this up and realized that it's... The black v- one is black. And then, and then the Asian one is yellow. Yikes. So mm-hmm. we're not playing that game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, but anyway, yes. I am the Red Ranger. I'm the Green Ranger. No, I'm pink. I'm pink. I'm pink. I feel like I'm pink too because she was pink. a gymnast. I mean, when I was I a kid, gymnastics. I wanted to be red. But I think that's just because you're like, I want to be the main one. I wanted you know to be I mean? blue. I just liked blue. I also, it was a little bit of a sexual awakening. All that I think I had a spandex fetish growing up. Like all the spandex was Something that hot. we need to talk about is that when we played, because did y'all ever play Power Rangers as kids? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think we all, I think that we're all that generation yeah. that played Power Rangers. And then there's this that. like, you know, friction that happens when it's like which one are you going to be and usually the person of color is like the black ranger the yellow ranger whatever but it's so funny how 
all the other kids literally just get to pick, as you said, what your favorite color is. That's literally yep. it. Because all these Power Rangers, sorry, have the same personality. They all literally <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. don't have any defining characteristics. It's just the color. So kids would literally just be, my favorite ranger is the red ranger. Exactly. And it's like, why? Red's my red's, favorite color. Yeah, it's like, wow. you know, but that's literally, there's so much friction on it, even though it's so stupid. I just have to say, I didn't do any of this. I didn't play Power Rangers. <laughs> I didn't watch the TV show. That's impressive. I was like. It's really, it's a boring It was show. all oh, it was Outside show. of um, Zeta. What was her name? Rita. 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 Rita Repulsa. Yeah, Rita Repulsa. Great. Sorry. I think it probably was masculine in a way that just I wasn't interested in. I was like, mm, no. I didn't have action figures of any of these toys. What about Golden Girls? Well, well very timely as well. Yeah. All right. I anyway. guess. Den is definitely Rose. Den, Den is, is Rose. definitely yeah. Rose. That's That's if, if you have it after, um, uh, what's her name? But after Betty White died, I watched this clip in Golden Girls about the Herring Circus. And if you haven't watched the Herring Circus clip of Golden Girls, Google it. Watch it right now. Okay. She makes everyone on the show crack up, completely break character. No it's way. like the funniest minute and a half of TV I have ever seen. Punchline after punchline after punchline. Everyone is breaking. And Betty White is pure gold I've, and then it is a hundred percent you as rose so the, okay so, so okay first us. of all i've never seen the golden girls I, i've been putting <gasps> it off for a, t- a period in my life where i want to be emotionally ready for it i think it's something that i'll really love but i want to find it at the right time when i'm not distracted and i think this is the year mm-hmm. um however i've watched the first episode and obviously you know, Tommy's the old crotchety one that's like, wow, <laughs> Sophia. You know, <laughs> the, the one that has no filter. Yes. Like, n- n- oh around any, like, the part, of, the part and, of her brain that has a filter has deteriorated. And, and doesn't want to be there ever. Yeah. She's always like, never wants to, to be there. Sicily, 1932. So, Picture it. Dissoci- <laughs> dissociative as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm, I don't know, is there a mean one? Yeah, Blanche. Blanche, Blanche is kind of mean. And Blanche slutty. is a slutty. slutty. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, am I slutty enough one. for Blanche? You might be Dorothy. You might be a Dorothy. Yeah, I, you're more of a Dorothy. Okay. I think you're a Dorothy, too. A little domineering in a loud baritone voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, this this is straight normcore. I'm sorry. But what about The Office? Oh, very normcore. Very oh. very millennial. Millennial normcore. It. Yeah. It's more it. Fran's generation than ours. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. Well, I mean, now The Office is like, oh my God, this like vintage like Nick at Night show, The Office. The people wearing the Dunder Mifflin t-shirts and hats yeah. out in, in real life. When You've you, seen that, right? When you go to Hot Topic, pe- people are buying merch from like The Office and Friends being yeah. like, look at this retro. <laughs> oh, God. And I'm like, now, Anyways, throw something at them. Um, this is tough. This is tough. They're all such character caricatures. Am I? Who's the redhead? Meredith. Meredith. I feel Meredith is great. I love Meredith. Meredith An alcoholic who shows her coochie all the time. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. I could see that. It's kind of mean. It's replace alcohol with weed, perhaps. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, Uh, I'm Stanley. Oh, you yes. are Stanley. You are Stanley. I guess, honestly, I am kind of Michael. Like, I'm, like, a lot of times, like, very unaware of how much people hate me. And, and I, but I'm still, I still think I'm being you so helpful. You, you know, like, I really am genuinely trying to fix the situation. <laughs> and everyone's like, 
what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, that's like my real usually answer. causing the situation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely my Dwight. <laughs> you are. I was just going to say, I was like, Dwight. I'm sorry, but you are Dwight. And when you get into one of your moods, if one of us were to take your stapler and put it <laughs> Yo, in jello, I was, I, you would <laughs> absolutely lose it. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I'm Kelly Kapoor. Yeah, you, you're oh, okay. yeah, I'm glad you said it because I was going to say it. Wow, no. the self-awareness of that, yeah, that one around the room was fair. Well, not for you, honey. You're Kevin in the chili episode. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Sorry. You know I'm right. That makes me yes. want to vomit when you see Kevin yeah. trying to pull chili out of the carpet. That's, the, that's one of the greatest oh, episodes God. of television ever created. Oh Those cold opens yeah. were sometimes oh, so, so good. incredible. So, and I so think so they, they yes. did that on one take because they had to. <laughs> they had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, get back down in the chili. We need more. Okay, what about girlfriends? Okay, so this is going to be a battle on who is Tracy Ellis Ross. <laughs> so everyone make their argument for why they're Tracy Ellis Ross. Yes. I'm not, I don't have the range. I, I'm well, no Joan. I wish. Yeah, and we all kind of... I you're mean, the closest to Joan, though, because you, out of all of us, you're the one who's most interested in marriage, I think. Mm, that, that is true. That and, is and, true. And, and, and you truly need a man, need a man, need the, a man. But out of the four of us, Joe is the one that least of all has main character energy. I That's really true. don't. Yeah. I really That's also so, true. I would yeah. be so boring. I Ugh. am pretty sure I'm Maya. If Tommy's not Maya, I could see you being Maya because she's. A bitch. <laughs> mm. Wow. All we have to do is She's get Fran to talk about know. TV characters and this self-awareness pops right <laughs> I, I am very aware of the fact that I am a cunt. Um, I also feel like Tommy, I don't know, forgive me if this feels wrong, but I feel like Tommy's also like Maya with a Tony Rising. Mm. Mm. I could see that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I personally think I'm actually Monica. Oh, okay. Why do you think so, D? Um, partly because I end up with a man who has a giant penis. But mostly because my bouge factor is so strong yes, and I yes, walk yes, into yes, yes, any yes. room and read all the other girls for filth yes, yes, with yes. no shame. I, is, mm. A side note, I rewatched a lot of Girlfriends in the pandemic. I think we talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I totally forgot that William is like, a sexual predator. And that's like his whole shtick. Like every, <laughs> it's, it's, every joke is like, wild. hey, yeah, I want to take a look up your skirt. <laughs> I'm charming. You know what I mean? Like his, it was so bizarre. It's yeah. so, it's, it's so true. So if don't I, relate, you cannot relate to William in 2022. So. If I can actually say two very quick things though about, Please. um, about Joan I, and ways in which I saw myself in her, in addition to the fact that my mother's name is Joan, I will say this. When I watched Girlfriends in high school, there were two, in college, there were two episodes that blew my mind because I was like, this is me. The first episode is when she goes to the movie theater with Maya and Lynn, and she's sitting in the middle, and she's holding her popcorn, and they're they're really early, like like it's before previews even, right? And so they're talking, and Maya and Lynn keep reaching into the middle to take the popcorn and eat it, mm. and she won't let them eat it because the movie hasn't started, and that was me as a child, <laughs> like one hundred percent. I would I would be like, no, you can't eat the popcorn yet. Like the movie hasn't started. That's the whole point: is to watch popcorn and watch a movie. And then the other thing is, there's an episode where. She's, like, finally found the man that that she, like, is probably going to marry, and she's spending the night at his place, and she wakes up 
you know, in the morning and they're having some intimate conversation. He's sharing all about himself and she interrupts him and leaves. And it's because she runs to Maya's house to go poop because she won't poop in his. Yep, yep. Um, Relatable. And, yeah, Just and kidding, I'll is, poop anywhere. I pooped here. Yeah, you, you really, you really, I was like, I was like, oh girl in this bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> we love you studio that we're in. Um, I will not poop at a partner's apartment. Oh, I, wow. I never have. I I'm, can't not. I would not. explode. Maybe, <laughs> maybe something. Maybe a little bit of a segue. Dare I rehash which one of us is this? Which of the Sex and the City girls we are? Oh, because I, we've talked. We we've talked to. about it on the pod. We before. have. We have. We have. But do we feel differently? What did we assign last time? I don't even. remember. I don't remember. I'm definitely a Miranda. I yeah. think we said I, I was. Well, I'm the one that You're falls out of the window. <laughs> oh my god, yes. New York isn't fun New York anymore. Is dead. New York is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you are her. I've seen, I've yeah. seen that clip. Yeah, that obviously, true. Den is Charlotte. Yes, yeah. you're Carrie. Charlotte. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I'm a Carrie. I, I think you are. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, mean, that means you're Samantha, doesn't mean. I really, the thing is, I'm so a Miranda or a Samantha, but next to y'all. Yeah, I do kind of yeah. have. No, actually, you're Carrie Joe. <gasps> mm. Yes, you you have the most codependent relationships. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm Miranda's whole now. thing is that she hates love and she That's holds everyone true. at the arm's that length. That is true. That I'm I'm more you Charlotte. I, I have the little Charlotte where I'm like I'm no. always wanting a very monogamous. But Charlotte's so prudish. married to life. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, I'm, not guess, yeah. I'm not prudish. I'm not prudish. Carrie is. I would argue. Not to get into the weeds, but just as like invested in monogamy as Charlie is, Charlie is like doing it in kind of a Republican way, <laughs> a very Republican way. I think it's time we get to the thought process. So T H O T T H O T, and uh, slinging our meat this week is Fran, I believe. That's mm. right. That's right. She's 55, and they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but Miranda is going to die trying, which (laughs) is what Cynthia Nixon said on the press tour for Sex and the City's reboot, Uh and just like that. Some of us thoughts have seen it, some of us haven't. Mm -hmm. Not really relevant to the discussion. What I'm getting at is, uh, as far as the the old dog, as it were, of of Sex and the City, like America's favorite, you know, sitcom ever... Um, it's very interesting to watch the show do so many loop-de-loos around what Joe has so saliently called woke whack-a-mole, which I think is genius. And I'm going to say, I like, I think it's so smart. Like Joe, Joe TM, like woke whack-a-mole. But what the show is trying to accomplish, which I actually, you know, in contrast to a lot of social media sentiment, is something about women in their 50s who have had a very charmed life and all of a sudden have to reconcile with a generation of wokeness that they are beholden to, mm. honestly. They cannot, ex- they can no longer exist in the lives that mm-hmm. we knew in the previous Sex in the City mm. because this new world will not let them make problematic jokes, will mm-hmm. insist on them using the right pronouns, insists on them, you know, doing X, Y, and Z in relation to. And obviously we all hate the word woke, but it is like on a, mm-hmm. on a generally speaking, like a, a justice culture. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That they're trying to um, get into. And so I guess my question for y'all is when you see people of a certain generation try, but inevitably fail to do what they need to do, um, which I think is happening a lot in this show, but also happens a lot in real life. What 
is going on in your head when you see someone of a different generation, especially someone of a queer generation that is older, that, you know, says something where you're like, that's so problematic or like, that's so wrong, but they're trying. You know what I mean? I want to give them generosity first. Yeah. Because it's going to happen to every generation. And I hope that when I Mm -hmm. say some stupid shit and somebody corrects me, I'm given the same grace that I give somebody else because Mm. everyone's going to fuck up. Mm. So how do you treat people who fucked up? Because that's going to be, I think largely indicative of how you get treated when you do too. And when we say fuck up, what I mean is like, you know, I, you, you can, I don't think you can expect people. I don't think you can expect people to get everything right when they don't know all the sides of the parameters of the thing that they're of the issue, the, 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 whatever the dialogue that they're getting into. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible, I think, to know all parameters mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. a person living in the world. And mm-hmm. you just, I think if you're going to talk, you have to listen and you have to listen mm-hmm. better than you talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish most people had that mindset, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. most of the things that I see on social media are just like, have like no grace at all. For no anyone. grace. Yeah. Like literally yeah. none. And it, it's so interesting. Just as I honestly, maybe never even, I've never th- bothered to think about the way in which we are going to be put into that situation when we're mm-hmm. 50. Well, yeah. I'm sure that like, so Roy, my friend Roy, who teaches, he sees it in the in his students, yeah, and how mm-hmm. they interact with the teachers, mm-hmm. and they're our the teachers are our age, yeah, and yeah. the students are twenty, mm-hmm. and they're fine. It's like it's like, I think each generation creates a language that then the next generation sees and is like, how did you do? Why why is this what came out of your mouth? Yeah. Like like there's ways mm-hmm. that like. Mm. language becomes obsolete and then weaponized. Mm. Yeah. And then, and then like, so we create a language to remedy that. Then the next generation is like, what the fuck are these words? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, we live, it's really interesting because like we, I feel like we're living in like the informational age, but the information doesn't get everywhere it needs to get. And Mm -hmm. there are lots of reasons why that's the case. But when I'm thinking about like older people and people from previous generations, and we might joke about we don't want them on Twitter, we don't want them here and there and whatever, but it's like so much of the information gets passed through specific channels anyway, that I'm similar to you in my thinking where I'm like, I always want to extend grace in part because I know that I will be that person. I'm not even, I would never even say that I've, I have been that person already in Mm -hmm. my life at different Mm -hmm. points. Um, And I'm, and it's some, you're like, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't know. You can't. You can't know what you don't know. And um, so I always, I just, I always want to be graceful. I also think um, that oftentimes patience has to be employed when observing these moments. Because as a person who's commenting or thinking about it or considering, you can think about, okay, who is this coming from? What's the intent that's here? How do I move this conversation forward in a productive way, potentially? Um and and sometimes so many of the reactions take all of that out of out of consideration. And again, like my professional life has has until recently been almost exclusively in education. So I'm always mm-hmm. looking at most things where I'm like trying to give people the, the benefit of the doubt. Where I'm like, if they don't know, we can provide some education yeah. and move people forward. And I think people generally deserve that chance. There was I I agree 100%. I think grace, patience and listening is also super important, but I do think it's also a historical to imagine that no one before our generation has had these thoughts. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's absolutely. like I you know, I think about the Betty White quote that was brought up when she died where um she stood up for um 
a, a black performer on her show and refused mm-hmm. to give him less um, time on screen. Uh, and then later in her career, she said, being old is not an excuse to be homophobic. Yeah, you know, I, loved, it's, right. it's, I loved that. It's, it's, it's it, times are changing. I mean, whatever, like you don't, you know, you can change with the times. You don't have to be a homophobe. It's not, there's no moral victory in being a homophobe because you're, you're an elder. You know, and you do so much harm when you're a homo. I mean, it's literally like when you when you are a person who is a, a being racist or homophobic or whatever and it is, you're with authority. You're doing harm, you know. Mm-hmm. And I also just want to I want to think through the ways in which you know that I think like the language we use around gender has evolved so much in the last ten years. And part of the, what's yeah. happening in Sex in the City is they're grappling with mm-hmm. the new language, the new identities that have been birthed through that language but you know that also those ideas came from someplace there's been a you know a generation plus multiple generations of both people living those genders and theorists mm-hmm. theorizing those genders and giving language and then there's the lived experience of younger people now and it all sort of comes together into this moment where it feels like things are changing really fast but bench the seeds have been planted yeah. mm-hmm. and it, it's it, it it actually is a historical to say yes things have changed really fast in the last 10 years but it's been a movement that has been slowly growing over a long period of time you know i think about people like um ruthie wilson gilmore who's been an abolitionist scholar for a long time um, my bestie studied with her at cuny and like you know everyone's like oh everyone's an abolitionist now it's like <laughs> she's been an abolitionist for yeah. gener- for decades you know yeah. and and it, this is not it's it's the popularity and visibility of the movement is new but that doesn't mean the ideas are new and i think that's really important and and to also give space for the for the elders who have been coming up with this stuff for a long time, you know? I think it's uh, on the note of, like, language and, like, social cultural production, like, the things that we do to try and, like, improve how we talk about gender or queerness or, like, just justice culture in general. Like, the shelf life of that is actually so short. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that all of us, older generations, younger generations... The, the best thing we can do for our future selves and the way we remedy like intergenerational violence is like um, understanding that all we can rely on is change. Mm-hmm. All we can rely on is fluidity. All we can rely on is that all these things are going to expire. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We worked so hard, like our generation worked so hard to induct the word queer into our contemporary lexicon Mm -hmm. in a way that removes it from the slur and makes it something that advances who we are. But I, it already feels like we're on the brink of it being dated. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that TikTok culture is like, and by TikTok, I just mean like Gen Z. I think that we're, there's a, there's a generation encroaching that is really disinterested in labels Mm -hmm. or thinks that the term queer is corny, especially trans and gender unconfirmed people. I think the term non-binary is like a work in progress. Like I I think that it's like, it's, it defines who I am, but it's not, to me, it's not home. It, it, it still feels already like, it feels dated sometimes already. That's a personal opinion, not like something I I prescribe. Like the thing that happens that is really, really bad is like where where lesbians now feel attacked by trans people. Mm. Like the fact that there is a trans person does not mean you can't be a lesbian. Mm. Like if if non-binary is the home for you, if that is awesome for you, other people saying it's not the home for me does not attack your ability to have that identity. And that's where this turf nonsense is getting really wild. It's like no one is you can be a cis woman. That's it. You can be a lesbian. That's fine. Like that doesn't mean 
a trans woman isn't a woman. You know what I mean? You don't get to dictate their identity by your own. Do y'all remember when we were doing a panel with Raquel, which wasn't recorded, I don't think. We should do an episode with Raquel. We did an episode with Raquel Willis for an event that had an audience. And Raquel said, in our conversation, Raquel said something to the effect of, well, everyone's a little gender nonconforming and we're all kind of waking up to that. And in the Q&A section, there was an older kind of lesbian that was like, I'm not that. I am a woman. Why is it? And there was this exacerbation coming out of her just because of a a simply a a, a failure to grasp what Raquel was actually saying. I think so. But the Mm -hmm. defensiveness that you're talking about, Joe, it comes from a place of how hard they had to fight Mm -hmm. to be able to say that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't farm. I'm not farming for empathy for turfs. Um, And I don't think this woman was a turf, so to speak. She was giving a little turfy. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there, were, there were some vibes. Some, there were some little know, wiggly but... turf vibes there. Um, the toe in. But it's things like that where navigating those things, those, those conversations are really hard. Yeah. We have mm-hmm. to really let go of like the, uh, the concept of being right or wrong about yeah. a situation in order to have a conversation with someone, even though we are right. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I feel like I've gotten more generous as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. And n- haven't felt as I haven't felt I don't feel self righteous anymore. Mm. I don't feel like I'm I know something that other people don't. Yeah. Um. Right. I don't think that I'm privy or more sensitive to something than other people are. You know. I I feel like there was it was almost a, when I felt younger and I felt this energy of and I felt uh, aggressive about it more aggressive anyway. Um. It but it, my feeling was. Um, who I am to a certain extent has been erased mm. and I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen anymore. Or like I haven't been um, in charge of my own voice or that like, I guess what I'm getting at is I used to feel like that sense that it was, it was about justice, mm-hmm. you know, I was getting justice mm-hmm. for me and people like me and mm-hmm. like, and like, you're all homophobes and like, fuck you go die. And it's like, but like how much I didn't, but it, the thing is I didn't want to be in dialogue. Yeah. I wanted to be oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You know what right. I mean? And I wanted them to go and be gone and stay gone and never come back. Yeah. And that's just, that's not a great place to come from. It wasn't a, I didn't feel, I mean, I felt self-righteous, but it didn't feel like I, like I was so concerned with being right without understanding that right, wrong is a dichotomy that yeah. I don't think describes everything. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. but uh, it's so hard because it does describe homophobia, mm-hmm. right? Like homophobes are wrong. Well, and- only in some contexts. <laughs> what kind of homophobia are we talking about? Yeah. So it's like it's like hard to be in dialogue with someone who doesn't want you to exist. True. You know. True. And 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 that's sort of what I think the extreme of this. Like, oh, every, we just need to talk to both sides. Like, no, that's no, not, that's, no. that's not what we're you know, talking that's, about. That's yeah. not what we're talking about at all. It's like it's very important to like ins- you know to be open to and insist on your own humanity mm-hmm. also well being open to the fact that you're not always right that we don't have all the answers that actually you know our elders have a lot of wisdom but the youth have a lot of wisdom too they have a mm-hmm. wholly different lived experience mm-hmm. girl these youth are coming up through a time yes, yeah they are you know? well that's because here's what it is oh elders they have a wisdom and a trauma yeah. And young people have a wisdom and a trauma too. Yeah. And those yeah. traumas sometimes make them not Ooh. be able to listen to each other. Oh, yeah. Jeeves, that is so true. I think in like the right versus ro- the right wrong of it all, the dichotomy, it's like 
so many, I mean, we just had our conversation about like being online in the previous episode. And like, I do think that so much of like the everyday problems that we go on in our own heads are a product of a binary that you didn't even know you were subscribing Mm, to mm -hmm. that you only Uh, have ever known something one way. mm -hmm. And so for it to be another way is really bothersome Mm -hmm, to you. mm -hmm. And I just like invite you to free yourself (laughs) of that. Like Mm -hmm. knowing that not everyone, every someone that you think is always wrong or someone that you think is always right. It's just like, just insist on investigating everything thoughtfully and something that can potentially be mm. information for your own personal. Well, you know? I mean, if you're going to have an opinion about it. Yeah. You know what exactly. I mean? If you're going to have right. an opinion about right. it. You can also just follow and listen to us, which is cool too. <laughs> um, I, I think it was like, um, I think it was Pema Sh- I think it was Pema Chodron. Um, and sh- I think she said, um, you are the sky and everything else is the weather. And like mm. kind of seeing your own life and the entities in it that are, you know, really noisy and take up a lot of space as something that is passing through you. Mm. So why would you try and grab onto it? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I don't know if any of that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think then? (sighs) How do you feel about being an old lady? Just an old cooter now. Right? A dusty On the brink coochie. of cancellation. Every episode, I wonder, episode. will this be the one? <laughs> right now, I am still thinking about Dave Chappelle and the transphobia and Ooh. the conversations around it. And Let's talk about that. <laughs> Let I'm... me just break some non-disparagement, non-disclosure agreements right now, mama. Let's do it. <laughs> Go I, in. Not to like continually shout out our, our good friend Raquel Willis, but I remember that very early in the conversation around that, like I think within a day or two after the special was released and the discourse started happening. Raquel was on Don Lemon's show and repeated the sentiment that she had tweeted, which is, which was really that, that Dave Chappelle doesn't have the range to talk about trans people, Mm. which is like patently true. And one of the things that I've been thinking about and kind of obsessing about in the months since that was released, it's been maybe, I don't know, two or three months now is that um, so few people in that conversation have the range to be talking about trans people, even people who are on the right side, mm-hmm. like who are supportive of trans people and who feel like Dave Chappelle is being transphobic, um, which spoiler alert, he is, um, <laughs> don't really have the range to speak in substantive ways about what it means to be trans, to, to be trans, what the language around our identities and our community means, um, and ha- and and to be able to talk about it in ways that will help people wrap their minds around this thing that they have a really hard time that many people, especially older people have a really hard time understanding. And I'm not sitting here and I'm in and saying that that's what I'm going to do, but I guess what I have sort of learned in watching this discourse in a way that I didn't before is how important it is to recognize when we don't know the answers. Mm -hmm. And even Mm -hmm. if we have an opinion um, to recognize when we our opinion is not informed. Yeah. yeah. And you have a, you have a feel, a lot of opinions are just feelings. Yeah. This is how you feel. And a lot of people don't have the ability to be like, this is how I feel, but this is ill-informed. Mm. My therapist says all the time, is it how you feel or is it how you think you feel? Ooh. I like, love that distinction. And I, and I do think that like there, especially in this like generational conversation, especially when that gets entwined in privilege, 
where and especially if that person comes from a historically marginalized class mm-hmm. when we think about Dave Chappelle when we think about RuPaul because <laughs> I do think they are in tw- like a good parallels mm-hmm. that you kind of build because you have been so traumatized by your own life to mm-hmm. to go through right. really to 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 break so many walls that your body yeah. hurts yeah. it mm-hmm. makes sense that you would build a moat around yeah. yourself yeah. Mm-hmm. but that is like to to kind of like build and live in this kind of crystal castle will only ever hurt you you know yeah. what i mean i think yeah. that like i'm not i know i understand that dave chappelle is like used to be a gen- or is a genius or whatever i'm not privy to like all of his work i know that he has meaning to the black community that like i won't speak to but like it is like so inane for netflix as an institution and dave chappelle to be like oh no there actually is no line on mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. like you yeah. we can actually say mm-hmm. whatever we want because it's art mm-hmm. yeah well, and, and then, because it's my opinion and then mm-hmm. some of the nature of dave chappelle's comedy was upsetting the audience exactly or like mm-hmm. or, or upsetting what what he saw as like power mm-hmm. yeah and the thing is like unfortunately you can kind of Get away with the problematic joke if the joke is funny. funny. Yeah. Our podcast is kind of predicated on that. <laughs> um, but, so, so much comedy the, is. What Dave is not doing is not funny. It's kind of like an Annette rip, which I think it's so rich that they got into that weird, like that Hannah Gatsby that, and him got into that weird, mm-hmm. you know, riff. But it's like, it's it's just like bizarre to me um, to say like there is no line. Like I was like, I remember yeah. reading like Ted Sarandos fucking like email about that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to create a documentary called Kill Ted Sarandos <laughs> and see if he feels a type yeah. of way about it. If there's no line, I think you know what that I mean? Was, that was also wild. Could I just say, because I was like, you're the CEO of the same company that that like streams disclosure. Yeah. So like watch your own material. Yeah, I, I feel like one thing that happens that's really bad is people, and this is, I think, what we're talking about, is when people don't, the people who have, have had to work so hard their whole lives that always feel like they're the person who doesn't have power mm-hmm. don't realize when it slips into them punching down. They yeah. don't they don't see it. Don't they don't feel know, it. Because you've only ever been punched down. Exactly. To, yeah. Exactly. And I think that that's a really hard thing yeah. to think about and to, to have felt so many blows through your career that you don't realize you're now doing that exact same thing to somebody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. And, and to not only recognize it, but then to be like, Oh, maybe I, sh- I, I shouldn't do that anymore. You, you mentioned Don Lemon. My goal is to be an elder gay, yeah. like Don Lemon drunk on new year's <laughs> no! Eve on CNN in new Orleans. Uh. It is. If you haven't watched Dulce oh, Sloan, I, is I, there. It was, it was, yeah. Smith called him Deshaun Lemon. <laughs> It is, it is the way to be an elder gay. It you is. know what I mean, Fran? I have a question. Uh-huh. What does chuggy mean? I actually literally don't know. <laughs> I literally so... haven't figured that out yet. Like I'm about. I, I I came into this this studio today asking two questions. What is chuggy and who took seventy five loads? <laughs> What's an oop? Uh, that one I think is um. Yeah, I'm not privy on a lot of like Twitter meme culture because it's like not my. What, anyways? I think it's um someone that you're attracted to? Okay. Question mark. Usually online, maybe a little dumb. It's like someone who. It's kind of a crush. It's kind of a oh, crush. Okay. I think it's like I think it's like someone An who's online hot and crush. crush. And, uh, yeah, a hot crush 
who's in public. Thoughts get get at our Twitter Wait, handle. Like a celebrity crush? I don't think celebrity. I mean, maybe. <laughs> so, I'm so some, okay. Any other questions? Uh, those were the two that I really, oh, I really? do not understand. I, uh, sorry, I can't really. I can really help you <laughs> at all. Maybe I'm too old uh, too. I honestly, Fran, Fran is now an old too. I am. <laughs> that's the takeaway. How dare you? I'm 22. <laughs> Are you all afraid of getting older, of being the elder gay? Sorry, just take a bite of my. I took a bite of my morning bun right when you did that because I really did not want to contribute to the conversation. I really don't want to answer that question. So that's a yes. <laughs> I want to be forever young. I want to be forever young. Oh God, I we have lost our minds. You ever? Do you- um, anyways, yes, no. <laughs> What was the question? Are you afraid of getting old, of being the elder gay? I'm afraid of, like, being alone and choking and dying. (laughs) Like Miranda. (laughs) That's an episode of Sex and the City. Everything comes back to Sex and the City. I'm sorry. I'm really mad because Tommy has never seen Sex and the City or, like... You haven't, you've seen like a few episodes or I haven't something? seen an entire episode. Okay, can the thoughts listening to this right now collectively campaign against Tommy Team Spico on his last social media platform, Instagram? <laughs> Instagram, and yes. Tell him, and tell him how incredible the show is as a cultural object and how it's relevant to this conversation of generations. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it, it is relevant. It we is often relevant. say um, something is very of its time. This is related to your question. We often say something is very of its time. Yeah. Which is a euphemism for it's fucking dated, dated. now. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think that to me, my worst fear is definitely like is being, being dated. dated. Mm. Not being relevant. Not like not mm. not being in the not knowing what chuggy means is actually your greatest fear. But it's less relevance and it's it's a lot of it has a lot to do with FOMO. Oh yeah. Um mm. obviously I care a lot about appearances and like aesthetic, but it has a lot to do with FOMO oh. and feeling like I like I belong to something. I don't think I don't think I, I feel that way. No, you have no. JOMO. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. the joy of missing out. But but is the other Sagittarius thing, is, thing? I don't, but I'm not missing out. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm, right. I don't feel like I'm missing out. Right. I'm doing right. everything right. I'm supposed to be doing right yeah. now. Yeah, like yeah. really. T- 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 and I only see opportunities, l- larger opportunities, to do more things in the future. Mm. But I don't. Not things outside your house. Not things. No, 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 no. <laughs> Conceptual things, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Things I can do, you know, over a, a call. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. things that I'm worried about are more health wise. Mm. Like I'm worried yeah. about 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 that. And and but you know what? I opened a four hundred one k last year. Wow. Never thought I'd be able to do that. I'm yeah. like taking care of. I'm like okay. Future I don't. Teams. I don't envision a future version of myself that has children, that has a significant other, or any single person to take care of me. Mm. So I have to make sure I can take care of future me. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing right now. But I don't. But my my concerns aren't cultural, because I'm making culture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. I really that is actually. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. I relate to that very, very deeply. I'm thinking about a lot of the same things. I think I would like to eventually get married, but I don't um I don't think I'm going to want children and I just feel like I can't expect for someone else to take care of me. And so I have to set myself up, which is so I'm thinking about a lot of those same things and that's guiding a lot of my thinking moving forward. But I like I don't know. Like I Joe we Joe jokingly a minute ago was like you couldn't pay me to be twenty two again. And like I I miss how skinny I was when I was 22. I'm not going to lie. But one, my ass just gets better with age. That's true. And two, yeah, it, it's, it's, a lot of things get better with age. And two, like, I'm so much happier and I have so much mm-hmm. more joy in my life and mm-hmm. I have so much more power. And I don't even mean power over other 
people and things like that, although I have more of that now certainly than I did when I was 22, I mean power over myself, my life, my choices. I am in a position that not everyone gets to be in ever, um, especially when we're talking about Black trans women in some ways, where I feel like I get to kind of create the life I want moving forward and I'm I'm able to do that. Mm. So like I have just found joy in getting older. And as far mm. as like being relevant to the cult, I mean, I don't know. Like I find myself endlessly entertaining again. So yeah, and I fine. can't imagine you caring about relevancy. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I I am relevant because I am me and I will always be. That's how I feel. Wow, I she, am the sun. She landed that triple axle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really really but I, I I do worry about health things. I'm scared of the day, much like Carrie in episode five of Anne, just like that. I am terrified of the day when someone tells me that for medical reasons, I am confined to flats. Oh, oh. sex in the wow. city. So, yeah. yeah. Everything I'm, comes back. <laughs> yeah. Sex in the city. Yeah. Sex in the city. Episode. I will be a 90 year old woman ro- rocking stilettos. I get, like that. Nothing mm. will motivate me to be in shape like that. I would love to be that girl too. Yeah. Goals. Goals. I'm feeling full, but like I could fit one more thing inside of me. Den knows how I feel. <laughs> Den. <laughs> Den. Dan, why don't you put the cherry on our top? I I love putting a cherry on a top. This is um, not a secret. Um, so for today's dessert, Tommy and I are introducing these thoughts to a brand new show. It, there's only two episodes that have aired, but we both love it for for probably similar reasons. Um, Quinta Brunson's new show on ABC. I think it's ABC, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah, ABC. ABC. Um, Abbott Elementary. Uh, if you haven't seen this sitcom, it is, inc- first of all, we all know Quince- Quinta, amazing book, She Memes Well, um, <laughs> the best meme in my life, People Be Gay, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is just true. She's the creator of this show, and she plays um, Janine Teagues, a already beleaguered and only her second year of teaching elementary school teacher in the inner city in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, Quinta, of, of course, is from Philly, and so this, in some ways, is maybe reflective of her background, mm-hmm. but... The show is being held as like the best new comedy on on network television, and I don't even think that does it justice. In addition to the fact that the kids are fucking hilarious, the show, the humor is is genius. Mm. Um, one of the older, more experienced teachers on the show is played by Shirley Ralph, who some people will know is sort of like a Black Broadway veteran, and she mm. played Moesha's stepmom in Moesha. If you were around in those days. Um, <laughs> And she's this teacher that that Quinta's character really looks up to. Super and saved. Super, yeah, super saved woman woman of God. I actually met Cheryl at one of my sister's jazz shows a few years ago, too, which is really, really cool. And um, there's, like, so many awkward interactions between them. I also want to shout out Janelle James, who is the... Um, plays the principal named Ava mm-hmm. um, and she's completely incompetent but hilarious and if you've ever had an incompetent boss who like knows nothing about what they're doing but they're your boss um, mm. and mm. we've all been there like you will relate to this so fucking funny I also wonder if because of the the um, resurgence of the popularity of The Office and this mm-hmm. mockumentary style that Abbott Elementary is like a mockumentary style. So like mm-hmm. in the first episode, they established that they're making a documentary on in, in inner city schools or on elementary schools or something like that. So it's like, so it's, 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 it's taking something that for some people is like nostalgia or yeah. even a discovery for the younger, younger people and then presenting mm-hmm. it in this new environment, making it blacker, you know, making mm-hmm. it like a little bit more, ma- making it like less, moneyed you know like mm-hmm. it's it's poor and it's also like it's just the the um 
or I don't want to say poor. I just want to say it's more lacking in financial resources. Yep. Yeah. And it's about how they have to, as teachers, overcome that one obstacle, which is like people entrust you to care for all of these kids and give you no money. No money. So how do you have to show up Ugh. for each other? The kind of backhand deals they have to do. You and never then, think about that. Yeah. Literally yeah. zero dollars. Yeah. And so it's like it's like the resourcefulness of these teachers and the fact that like when it comes down to it, they all really love what they do. Mm. They yeah. wouldn't actually choose a different profession. They want to yeah. be teachers. And so it has that bit of earnestness on top mm. of this really great sense of humor yeah. mm. and like a really incompetent boss. <laughs> yes. And it's, 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 a, it's a recipe for uh, the office, uh, Parks and Rec, and like, recipe for success. Gay shit? Question mark? No. We don't know yet. We're we only two yet. episodes in. They're I mean, elementary school kids, it's, Fran. That's disgusting. I, yeah, it's a, <laughs> we know you like them young. That is too young. <laughs> I mean, it's well, Quinta. <laughs> I would imagine there will be at some point, but it's just a really, really funny, um, hilarious TV show. And if you are one of many gays who works in, for example, a nonprofit doing this kind of work, you'll relate to it. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch. This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our new home at Stitcher. Our producer is the young mom, not biological, Alexandra De Palma. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review us five stars on iTunes or Den never dates another septuagenarian ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, in 2022, we are dating age-appropriate men. We'll see Ooh. about that. So, he, so he's 67. Girl. It's, it's a movable line depending on how deep the pockets Girl, th- are. The way you won't even be able to keep that promise by the time this podcast comes out so much for resolution (laughs) so true so true you can find me at hey teebs h-e-y-t-e-b-s on instagram because of course i deleted twitter i'm joseph osmondson you can find me at www.josephosmondson.com where you can pre-order my book also please someone tell me what chuggy means what does chuggy mean (laughs) probably saying (laughs) www.josephosmondson.com i think that might be chuggy I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squishco and listen to my new podcast, Like a Virgin, with Rose Domio, anywhere you stream podcasts. And I'm Den Michelle Norris, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Den Michelle. And please, nobody inform Joe what Chucky means. <laughs> what an oomph you're being, Den. I don't know. <laughs> find us on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read, and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod. And finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics. To thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T-H-O-T. And you're going to forward us some of those dick pics, right? <laughs> Let's open them right oh, now. Forward us dick pics. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 